If you'd like to help us pay our guests and produce the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash what's my thesis. And if you rate and review us five stars, that helps people find us. So please do that as well. This week's patron shout out goes out to Bethany Irons. Bethany is an artist in an alternate timeline where art and the ability to make it effectively is considered the pinnacle of what a person can become. Fuck a doctor, banker, financier. Those are all shitty jobs in this universe. And no one really wants their kid. Everybody, every kid is born with a knack for being a doctor. And it's crushed in them at a very young age. Uh, because what everyone really wants is their kids to grow up to be artists. So in this world... She's sort of the Warren Buffett or the Bill Gates or the, actually, let's go like richer people. Um, she's like a Jeff Bezos, but she did it through her talents, not through destroying markets. And one day she'll be president. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And it's always an interesting thing when I do the intro and we look <laughs> at each other. So, fuck, I forgot to reread your name. So, is it Michelle Chong? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible at that game. I don't know if you've caught on to that. No, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of a bit that I do. It's... Uh, not try very hard on reading the names uh -huh. um but yeah how are you i'm fine thank yeah, you yeah you you uh you excited to be here and, and have a topic for me i am very excited i'm very excited yeah. to ask you something because because yes. when you messaged me you so you said you listened to some episode and uh -huh. you were like very controversial but great no con conversational <laughs> conversational yes. oh conversational. my god i wish i had read that correctly because i was stressed out oh yeah no 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 <laughs> No, I was interested in what the kind of format you go off of, and it, it all sounded very conversational, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, <laughs> but I mean, it it's also like gives us something to focus on, to have a topic. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah and I met you at Other um, Places Art Fair, uh -huh, uh -huh, right? Yeah. So you are one of the people that I have met prior to uh, having on the show. Yes. Which doesn't necessarily mean I know you that well. <laughs> <laughs> we talked but for a few moments. We've, we've yeah. spoken before. Yeah. yeah, you told me about what's my thesis. And yeah. uh, I really enjoyed the art that you curated. Thank you. That uh -huh. was uh, all guests. So cool. Yeah, oh, pa cool. all past guests of the show. Okay, yeah. And I'm very pleased that they all trusted me with it. And if there's been any problem with me destroying any of their work, they haven't told me yet. So <laughs> <I've been> there. <laughs> they're, yeah. either, they're either fuming. <laughs> no, I was very clear that it was a dangerous yeah. <laughs> install. Uh -huh. So you got the elements, it's all outside. Yeah, yeah. I was really happy nothing 
flew off yeah. or like ripped through the wind. Yeah. You know, like when you're putting. Was it really windy? I didn't. It I was wasn't too Sunday. windy, but it could get windy. Okay. So I was like, that's why there were such industrially constructed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> things that went into the wall and then i was going to return some of the spikes but then i was like nah, i'm just going to keep them for for any time that i need to yeah. put up a wall yeah in, in, in the grass in the grass yeah <laughs> dirt yeah pretty handy stuff yeah, yeah. Were, were you at all were you just visiting or were just you part, visiting you were, supporting friends uh-huh so and who who did you have you knew you, uh, you were introduced to me by people. nathan but by nathan yes yeah uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah yeah he's a good buddy yeah he's uh-huh. a nice guy uh-huh. and and who else were you, did you know? Do you know over there? Uh, a lot of people. Drop um, some names, yo. Well, let's <laughs> this is see, a Los uh, Angeles-based podcast. <laughs> I, I wanted to check out uh, Gas. I had already seen the the show. That's the uh, one that was in the truck, right? Uh huh. Next yeah. to the yeah. Uh huh. And then um, O Projects. Because um, see, I don't even know everybody that was there. Oh, okay. So it helps me to ask you. Yeah, I didn't see everybody that I wanted to see. Um, I did see Roger's office. Uh, that was fun to see Which all of them. Which closed down, apparently. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. What a shame. But I think he's he's going to grad school now, right? I think so, according to Instagram yeah, stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure we'll see uh, a lot more from that group, that, that collaboration. Group. Yeah. That's that's him and Nicholas Schick, who I don't know, right? Well, that, I think his work was just being shown. It was just being shown. Okay. Yeah. Um, but his partner, Colleen, um, and I'm not sure if they... Oh, and their dog, Roger. And their dog, Roger, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Has a lot of, you know, input in the direction programming. I mean, I'm sure that he <laughs> can sniff out a good artist. <laughs> Sorry. No no more dog Love puns. Love it, yeah. Uh, you know, I am going to say something a little controversial right now. Okay. Which is that... Uh, I think dogs are a little overrated. <laughs> are you more of a cat person or just like no I, pets? No, just in general, like, I mean, I, dogs are great, but yeah. I do think that people like go fucking overboard and ignore sure. all the things that are horrible about dogs. Sure. Like, it could be said about anything though, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, your dog, I think, is an asshole when you're not around and I'm walking past <laughs> your yard and it just starts barking at me and I'm like, bro, I'm just chilling. Yeah. Re- fucking relax. No Amen. one's trying, you know, I'm so. I'm cool. I'm chill. <laughs> And there's no settling them down when they're like, you know, I mean, I guess if I had a dog and I could pet it regularly, yeah, yeah, I would have a different feeling. But I just meet your dogs as I'm walking past them. And then I see you guys like, I mean, I'm assuming you have a dog. I do not. I do not have a dog. I have a cat. The the royal you. Yeah. Um, Mm. But like, then I see you guys like the dog owners like talking to each other and being like so precious about it. I'm like, that dog's a bit yeah. of an asshole too yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. I've known some asshole dogs for yeah. sure. Yeah. They're and cute. Then, well, and then they're, you know, they're, they're buddies. Uh, the human buddies are my good friends. So I have to kind of like play that whole dynamic. Oh. Like, yeah, your dog's great. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like their kid. And mm-hmm. so you can't always like, just be like, I'm not a fan of your dog. And like, then you're not a dog person. Right. You know, I'm sure I've lost offensive. all the white people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> all it's the okay. West side of Los Angeles okay. is like, fuck this guy. <laughs> so you, you have, uh, you actually said you had a intro to your topic. So I'm curious. Oh yeah. 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 So what is your topic? So I'd like to talk about, uh, my art practice and how, I think about ideas of playfulness okay, and hosting, and a lot of this ties into um, other work that I do as a psychotherapist. Oh, okay. And specific- do you, are you marriage and family therapy? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
Yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah. And uh, I consider myself a narrative therapist, um, which has very specific ideas um, rooted in, rooted in postmodern uh, ideas. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of what So I'm like, what do you about. mean specifically in terms of postmodern? Because I have a very specific approach that I take to postmodernism uh-huh. involving like magical belief and whatnot. Okay. And, and just chaos magic in general. Okay. But what, how does it apply to... Because there is a psychological model of chaos magic. Huh, I'm where, not familiar. Where, where people uh, use chaos magic, but within therapy uh-huh. and with their therapists, which is an interesting, like, newer development. And, and how are you talking about chaos? Chaos magic would magic? be sort yeah. of the, the basic principle being that ritual creates belief, creates reality. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did let a, uh, a fly in here earlier, and I knew it was going to drive us crazy. So I already saw you swatting okay, away. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We're buddies. He's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, so what do you mean about post- postmodern psychology? So um, I, I see it mostly as a, a difference from other kinds of um, clinical ways of working. Okay. Um, so with narrative therapy, context is really important. So looking at um, what is happening happening in the client's um, current situation. So uh, there's the idea of calling these things master narratives or, or larger ideologies or um, external uh, factors of oppression that can mm. be enacting on a person. So um, influencing you know their thoughts, their behaviors, their ideas. Um, so not so much as, um, you know, uh, something that would be kind of a diagnosis or, uh, So a diagnosis is more modernist, you would think, you would say? Sure. Okay. Yeah. We're going to, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Myopic in, in general is, is the, the way, the, the brief description I have for that. Yeah. For, for modernism. Yeah. Just kind of like, this is the way. Right. And you either in or, or you're right. Out. Yeah. And so with narrative, uh, work, I find it to be a lot more collaborative, and uh-huh. so kind of shifting the expertise away from me as the licensed therapist and mm. trying to elevate uh, my client and uh, empower their voice in terms of they know what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Let me ask yeah. questions about it. You know, you teach me. Um, and so, yes, of course, I have this education and I have all these um tools and, 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 um, ideas that I'm working from, but I'm not going to be um, prescribing them to you. I can offer them up as ideas. And if you find it helpful or not, then we'll go from there, but yeah. definitely a dialogue. So you're not, uh, uh, I guess the, <laughs> the one that I have a personal beef with is, uh, uh, uh CBT, cognitive behavioral uh-huh, therapy, yeah, which sure. I think is a little bit more rigid and more Very like, rigid. yeah, yeah, and yeah. exhausting. I, I remember doing that uh, at a at a certain time. And, um, I have like sort of like an ability to obsess on things mm-hmm. <laughs> a little mm-hmm, bit, yeah. and and so I would just become obsessed with like the um, the what's it called the what it, what are they called the. Uh, Thoughts, the, thoughts? The, the the distortions they call it a specific cognitive oh. distortions uh-huh. okay and and, and uh, but like that is such a heavy way of like that like it assigns um a value to it yes. like it, it's it's uh it's not just it's 
a distorted way, distorted way of thinking. So it inherently means that you're making an error. So mm-hmm. it would, I would get stuck on like, why am I, yeah. you know, instead of like being just What's like, wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. yeah Fuck. Yeah. I keep messing up. Yeah. 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 I, I can't stop thinking about this right. or I can't stop. Uh, what are the ones there's like 14 that I remember for, or I don't remember them, but as I recall, and it was like, um, all or nothing thinking, things uh-huh. like that. Yeah. And, 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 and stuff like that. Well, so this is a much more, because that was like very popular in the 80s. So what you're sure. talking about narrative ther- therapy is a little bit more... Yeah, late 80s, 90s Okay, kind of when the ideas started, um, you know, uh, happening. Yeah, but going back to CBT, you know, I, I, I see problems with thinking, oh, if I just had more willpower or if I just had dedication or discipline, you know, then yeah, I could, yeah. you know, be the better self that I need to be. But. Well, I think that like it conceptually it might not be... A bad, or I can see how you, if you're like coming up with the dogma of the of the practice, you can be like, oh, you're just uh, these are uh, distortions of thinking. These mm-hmm. are not like actual a- accurate perceptions of um, of how you see the of how the world really is. It's not objective, but at the same time, to call it a distortion mm-hmm. is so like. Yeah. It's like you are making a mistake. You're mm-hmm. you're your think your thoughts are in error, uh, which is not necessarily untrue, but doesn't leave you a lot of leeway. <laughs> sure, right. <laughs> to, to like, right. You know that because then you it, I would get just fixated on on like oh, you know why can't I stop doing these right. distortions? Right. So right. yeah, I don't actually know what my therapists and I do now, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more. I think it's a lot more like uh, what you're talking about, where yeah. it's. Um, she just listens to me a lot okay. and makes sure and pushes back whenever I'm like uh, out of touch. Okay, yeah, <laughs> a little check in. Uh-huh. Yeah, sort yeah. of like, but but for the most part, she just kind of listens and like kind of lets me sort of figure it out. Cool. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. Is that sort of what you're talking about? Yeah, it is. Also, you know, if I do have clients who have been interested in working um, with CBT and I let them know that, you know, that's not um, my approach, but I am always curious about why, you know, why. Um, those ideas resonate with them. Um, Why is that? What, what do people find appealing? Um, for different reasons, you know, structure, I think could be one of them. Um, you know, and I have good friends that have had uh, CBT therapists and, and found that they reached certain goals of theirs, you know, and so again, who am I to, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, judge any of that? And so again, if there are ideas that um, someone is interested as a narrative therapist, I want to honor those and acknowledge those. And so, um, yeah, I wouldn't try to, um, you know, push someone to work in a certain way that yeah. isn't interesting to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but do people, are people mostly informed enough to really be like, I want to do this kind of thing? No, not at all. No, but <laughs> you have some people that, you know, kind of read different, um, WebMD uh, yeah, articles. Yeah. Like I'm interested in this. Oh, okay. Why are you interested in this? And, and I'll ask, you know, if there are terms that, um, come up, you know, we may have different ideas of what that definition is. And so again, I want to know exactly how are you thinking about this idea so yeah. that I don't assume anything. That's interesting. Yeah. So where, where do you want to take us now? Uh, so, you know, I have um, an art practice as well. Mm-hmm. And 
I do a lot of curating, uh-huh. and I had a curatorial project called Short House uh, for about ten years. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. and then you said we were we talked about how you it felt good to have a ten a decade long chapter complete. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I think, and uh, so the last the final show was uh, the fall of. 2017. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so it's been a little while, but I think about my ideas or interests in that project, um, very much related to, uh, things that I'm thinking about now. And so for me, it's interesting to go back and see, wow, I was really interested in hosting and I was mm. really interested in playfulness mm. uh, and and tracking like how those ideas have come up throughout my practice and then now throughout my uh, therapy practice therapy practice too yeah and how yeah. there's overlap and connections um, so that's exciting for me and to kind of uh, inspire me to move forward with those ideas knowing that okay I, I see the importance I see the meaning that I've assigned to these ideas and how they're changing and um, growing in different ways. So hosting, is it with your curatorial practice? Because I, I, a lot of, um, do you know who, do you know Bed and Breakfast LA? No. Huh? Okay. Jacqueline Falcone. There, I mean, she's not the only one. There's a lot of um, people that are using their own private spaces uh-huh. to empower themselves and and uh, curate projects and whatnot. Yeah, is this is that what you mean by hosting? Or yeah, I lived in a, a three bedroom house in the neighborhood of Mar Vista, Los Angeles. I was renting from my great aunt, mm-hmm. and uh, after I graduated from Otis MFA program, you know, I really wanted to keep uh, the conversation going among my peers. You know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I loved the critiques we had, um, and and so this short house grew out of a desire to create opportunities to exhibit uh, our work. Uh, I so we had um, a, a group show in the house, in the garage, and in the backyard, in the driveway. Uh, we also um, did some performances. Uh, we hosted artist workshops. How, uh, how regularly were you guys doing these uh, shows? In that first year or two, um, I don't know, maybe a few projects a year. Okay, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I moved to Europe for a little while, just about a year, a little right. more than a year. So I first moved to Paris. Okay. Uh, and I was checking out the art scene there. It There was not a lot of artist-run spaces. It, no, It yeah. didn't seem... Uh, there was a lot of opportunity to collaborate, to meet people. So I only stayed there for about three months. And then I had a, a good friend from high school who was doing um, her dissertation in Berlin. So I visited her for a week. She showed me around some galleries, and I thought, okay, this is... Yeah, this is the yeah. place I need to be. And this was back in 2008, I think. Uh, so I moved to Berlin, and I was there for about a year. Nice. Yeah, and I met uh, some amazing people, and and I about Berlin. I mean, it, it was just so vibrant, and mm-hmm. I'm not really I'm not exaggerating when I say you know every week I met one or two artists who were genuinely interested in 
getting to know me mm-hmm. and working with Germans me. too, huh? Because <laughs> they're not they're they're not the most like uh, or the stereotype is that they're not the most <laughs> friendly people upon first meeting someone new, right? I, yeah, everyone was so friendly, yeah. so welcoming, and it was a breath of fresh air because I felt. You know, such a very linear pressure of progression and success in L.A., you know, and and gallery representation after you graduate and all of this, you know, stuff. And so going to um, Berlin was just, yeah, it was just awesome. What's the reality of, like, how much money is available through the state and whatnot? Is that a real thing or is that just something that are jealous assholes over here that don't get that think everybody gets like it, it seemed pretty cool to me when i was over there and i was like what um, but you know one of the things that's crazy is that they're dealing with a lot of gentrification now yeah yeah for I, sure. I, uh, yeah. that's like mm-hmm. something that surprised me i'm yeah. like white people getting gentrified by yeah. white people yeah yeah I, I lived in mita which is kind of the the central very hip uh area i don't know maybe it'd be equivalent to like silver lake Okay. Um, and so I lived there for a little while. It was a little too hip for me. And, mm-hmm. and so then I moved um, to an area called Vetting. And I met uh, a bunch of artists there. There were uh, a, a big cluster of project spaces, artist-run spaces. Mm-hmm. And they're all part of um, Colony Vetting. And um, I became... What's Colony Vetting? That's colony, just an organization? It's, it's an organization of okay. all of the um, artist-run spaces and projects. And once a month, they, they would do an art walk and, and have mm-hmm. an open house. Um, I became a member. Uh, I was invited by uh, my friends who run Art Laboratory Berlin. Okay. And uh, we would get together and have uh, board meetings um, and, and talk about... Um, yeah, art walks, programming, um, what what other projects, you know, among the spaces people were working on so that, you know, everyone could keep aware of um, the work that re- they were doing. Um, and so I was invited to take Short House and uh, have a space in Colony oh, wow. Vetting. Yeah. Cool. And the rent would have been subsidized completely by the government. What? Right? I was just like, yes, please. Let's go to Berlin right now. Yes. Uh, and and you're, not, you're not a resident or anything. Well, I... Uh, do, 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 how, did, how does that work? I had a visa, a live-work visa, and so... Uh-huh. Um, but, like, they, they don't just give it to, like, Germans, that cash. What do you mean? They don't just subsidize, like... Oh, yeah, no, it would have been... Yeah, it would have been fine. Anybody been cool. who's got a visa to be there and sure. permission to be there can get access I, to... I think so, yeah. That's, I mean... Uh, no, you are the German board of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I expect I, you to yes. know these things. <laughs> uh, so, That's crazy, dude. Yeah, it, That's it, fucking insane. So I, you know, unfortunately didn't get to go that route of if you having my own... That, cord around the, oh, okay. that yeah or the other side the, on the other in the other direction yeah that's perfect, perfect. yeah thank I, you. I, I, I don't yeah. want you to have to hit it <laughs> no, 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 it's cool um uh so for personal reasons i mean i was teaching english five days a week uh, my partner at the time wasn't able to find work so we were living together and we couldn't afford uh to continue living there so mm. so we moved back to um los angeles and uh, but I, then I continued to work with different spaces um, associated with colony vetting. Cool. And so then Shorthouse became a nomadic space. Nice. And so I started collaborating with permanent spaces um, to do exhibitions. And so I did a, a couple or three maybe in Berlin, uh, and then one in London, one in Copenhagen. Oh, and this wow. was all from meeting people 
uh, over there. colony vetting. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, yeah, it's it's a lot about collaboration, conversation. Um, when I have ideas, I love to talk with someone else and you know, I see them as kind of being a reference point. Um, and so then I can understand my own ideas even more. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what the, what I do with this show too. Exactly. Yes. That's why I was very excited to (laughs) hopping into other people's brains. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, and so when I came back to LA, uh, I continued to do, um, exhibitions and programming, but, uh, collaborating with permanent spaces here in Los Angeles. So I've done a, a few with Elephant in Glass Hill Park. Okay, I've uh-huh. been there. And then uh, I did one like in Monk Space. Um, I've done a few shows out in Joshua Tree, collaborated with a friend who has a space out there. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, yeah. And and that's like a community that's always happy to come out. Like when you're out in like 29 Palms yes, in that area. Yes, <laughs> they're we have like, some hardcore Joshua Tree partiers. Yeah, that, yeah. they're yeah. like, they, they, there's, I think, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's that much to do. So when you do something yes. for them, they, they show up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is they cool. Took, they took the the partying to another level where I was like kind of asleep. And then when I woke up the next morning, kind of heard about the, the stories <laughs> that went on way into the night. Yeah. <laughs> so and next so level. You, do you, when you do that, do you, are you showing artists from the community? Or are you showing artists from Los Angeles, in Copenhagen, in London? Yeah, all over. So um, it depends on the show. Um, mm. One of the last shows I think I did in Joshua Tree was um, bringing people from Copenhagen, from London, from Vienna, uh, from Berlin with a bunch of L.A. artists. Uh, there was even one from Vancouver, uh, some from Brooklyn. Um, so, you know, with me, I like to foster community. And mm-hmm. so if I am introduced to your work, uh, if you're friends of friends and we have a great conversations, I want to work with you, yeah. you know? And so, um, as short house started from really a, a small group of, you know, Otis friends and mm. peers, you know, it's just grown through who I've come in contact with and, um, uh, their friends and their friends. And, and so, yeah, that's that's something that's kind of that was at the heart of Short House. Mm-hmm. Um, Why Short House specifically? What's the name? Uh, about? So the house that I was renting was on Short Avenue. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and then I just wanted to keep the name for. It a wasn't while. just a miniaturized, <laughs> low ceiling. <laughs> no, that'd been really cute. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I mean, after ten years, I felt that. Yeah, it was a nice end to a chapter. Mm-hmm. I want to continue to think about these ideas, but have the opportunity now to have them, um, you know, come to fruition in different ways, you know. So how's that? How are you pursuing that now? So I've been uh, working my way to becoming a licensed therapist. I've been licensed for now a year. So you you are licensed? Uh-huh. You've done your hours? Uh-huh, yep. Okay. Did all the hours. And so that was a lot. Yes. That was a lot. Um, I imagine. Yeah, it took about... Five and a half years, six years from grad school through training ship. You know, there's 3,000 hours you have to do studying for the licensing exam. And um, so, yeah. So that's, you know, what's been my main focus um, recently. Um, How's that affected your productivity in your practice? Yeah. um, So I do a lot of photo-based work. Okay. and so that has been more on the back burner. Uh, but do you do dark room like uh, with chemicals, or do you do digital dark room? 
Both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mostly now digital. Um, yeah. It's hard but, when you're not in school anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but, you know, during the time that I was uh, in grad school for psychology, I had a, a day job working at Otis College. Um, and so I was sitting at a desk for eight hours a day. And mm-hmm. I was you know, very good at um, my office managerial you know, duties, but mm-hmm. I had a lot of free time to um, email and coordinate and curate so I could continue to, um, with that part of my practice, you know, mm-hmm. while I was um, focusing on psychology too. So, uh, so yeah, so I've still been able to, um, you know, curate shows or do some projects at least like once or twice a year. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, while yeah. You're getting, yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and, it's, and I've been grateful for the community of my friends and artists who kind of allow me to, to do that or want to continue to do that with me. Is yeah. that how you know Nathan from Otis? Or it I, is, yeah. So um, he's also uh, graduated 10 years ago? No, so he <laughs> he and I actually worked at Otis together, um, and then uh, he went into the MFA program uh, many years after me, so okay. we didn't overlap. But um, yeah, you know, like a lot of school programs, you know, you become family in different years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you yeah, find each other. It's not just CalArts that's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've always um, uh, admired, you know, the CalArts uh Family. The model. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, that's because they go off into this island called v- uh, Valencia. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they're stuck with each other. They have to get close. They, yeah. they don't interact with anybody. It's like a. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a cult by choice by loca- by geography. Yeah. It ends up be- being a thing where you just like. Yeah. All right. We're in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So with Short House, um, you know, like on my website, uh, I thought about. This idea of hitherings, you know, hosting these hitherings, and so What's a hithering? well, it's it's a made up word, and that's what I would thought. Yeah, and so like <laughs> making up new words. If it works, then a story begins to grow. Okay, so that's kind of something I had written down, and 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 this kind of relates to this the idea of playfulness too. Mm. Um, I love to work with and surround myself with people that make me feel like I can you know, go outside of my comfort zone in a way and and be silly and not be afraid of saying something stupid and um, having that kind of support um, lends to my curiosity, lends to playfulness. Mm. um, Because if I'm, if I'm too occupied with, you know, having some sort of concrete, presentable idea, then I'm not really going to be able to converse and, um, kind of talk things out in the moment, you know, with somebody. Um, and so I like this idea of making things up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, make, make ideas up together. Um, and so that idea is very related to uh, narrative ideas and therapy. Okay. Yeah. So as a narrative therapist, I am very interested in language. Mm-hmm. So what language uh, does like my client cognitive use? cognitive distortions. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, how are you defining that? Yeah, how yeah. does that work for you? Yeah, um, yeah. What works, what doesn't work? Um, and uh, w- one thing, too, that uh, narrative therapy does a lot is to kind of externalize these ideas of um, problems, you know, and so it's not necessarily your inability to 
do this kind of CBT exercise correctly. Um, it's more about, okay, how does anxiety or how does depression come up in your life? How mm. does it affect you? Um, also, is it a problem? How much of a problem? You know, and uh, because there's a lot of very loaded terms like addiction or yeah. addict, you know, and... Uh, what was the second one? Addict? Addict, okay. right. Yeah. Um, and so if someone comes to me and they talk about, oh, you know, I smoke a lot of weed, I'm not going to necessarily go into um, this more traditional way of assessing, like, how much do you smoke? You know, how yeah. does it influence your work and personal life? I want to know uh, why you smoke. Why you smoke? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it a is it a problem for you? You know, and I don't necessarily lead with that. I'm I'm just curious about what relationship they have to weed to, yeah. or drinking or whatever it is. Um, do you feel like? Do you ever worry that somebody is an alcoholic though, or an opiate? If I do, addicted to um, opioids. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask about it. You know, yeah. um, would you keep treating that person, or would you recommend them to go into a program? Just out of curiosity, yeah, I don't it, know how it that's depends handled. Depends on, um, you know, if I feel able to be helpful for this person. But yeah. I, I, I don't work with um, addiction, yeah. uh, and so I, I am more than happy to refer out uh, to find resources mm -hmm. to help somebody. Um, but yeah, so that's that's I, I would just need to get to know. So that, yeah, so that would be a case where you wouldn't get postmodern, but you would also, but you but maybe be like, yeah, maybe you need a specialist if it is the case that they need one. Right. Whereas, I still, yeah. I would still say that it is postmodern because, um, I don't want to think that again, I know what's right for you. Uh, so if there are things that are kind of outside of, um, my scope of practice, then, I want to advocate for you to find yeah, the resources yeah. that you might feel would be, be helpful. Yeah, yeah. That is in, very postmodern. Yeah. And in, uh, you know, going up against this problem, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I actually had a therapist turn me away because he thought I was an addict. Wow. And so that's I'm why so I I'm so sorry that, to hear that. Yeah. It was very frustrating and I didn't get help for many years because of it. <laughs> and I was super depressed. So, but, but that's why yeah. I think that this is like a much healthy, they were like, you yeah. have to go into uh, rehab. And I'm like, bro, that, that shit is so fucking expensive. Yeah. You know, like that's like, I'll just stop doing drugs. <laughs> See, and that, that just yeah breaks my heart because yeah. if somebody is seeking out therapy, like they know oh that something's God, not right. No. Yeah. yeah. I feel very sad for that person too. Cause yeah. like, I'm so far removed from where I was back then, yeah, but I'm, I'm like, dude, that wasn't okay. Right. You not know? at all. Yeah. Yeah. I was and a like, bad therapist. Yeah. And, and it was like, I think it was just a thing that was happening in Miami a lot, you mm. know, where like, because there were so many drug problems, uh, -huh. uh that like people just didn't want to fuck with it. But it was like, um, yeah, it was harsh. It, fe yeah. it felt like, it felt like, no, we, you, <laughs> you are beyond help essentially, Jeez, right. you know, like, or you have to pay all this money cause fucking rehab is not cheap. Yeah. It is not cheap. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I have different thoughts about rehab and that whole construct, um, Nothing that I want to really get into today, but because yeah. you don't want to lose your license. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's there's a lot of problems. Too, no, there is, and just... and and you know what? It, it's um, I'm also I, I also feel like you're probably postmodern with that as well, where it's like if the program works for you, yeah, that's what works yeah, for you, right? You know, yeah. But but there are de I definitely agree with you that there are some issues sometimes mm -hmm. where 
it, it's like, is this the only way? Right. It, it may just be a way right. that works, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but also I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not advocating for Los Angeles sober, which is, I think pot <laughs> is still okay, but people don't do, do. Los Angeles sober. Yeah. That's a term. Oh, I don't know that. What is that? That just means that you like, you don't drink and you don't, uh, do like hard drugs, but you still smoke pot. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and why is it Los Angeles? I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe it's because it was legal here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, okay, it, it makes sense. And it's also kind of like celebrity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did a flick of a wrist if you guys didn't see. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is interesting. Um, it's also very refreshing it's, uh, in light of what I just shared with you about how frustrating yeah. it was to not be able to get help. Right. Because like I had a pretty, it, I had a pretty stressful trigger where I, there was like mm-hmm. a sense of betrayal with a friend mm-hmm. and and um, just not going to get into details. Sure. Because uh, I don't want to like get too dark. But um, would you say that your so you, you you mentioned playfulness. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you're not a dour artist? You're not like uh, I'm trying to think of someone other than Anselm Kiefer, <laughs> but like it's not dark Batmany kind of. <laughs> Sorry to use Batman, <laughs> but <laughs> I literally call that guitar Batman and that one Superman, and that's my very oh, wow. technical guitar, <laughs> and that's my bright surf guitar, bright red, bright red. One's Cape. black yeah. <laughs> with trans maple uh, top, but <laughs> but you know like. Um, which guitar is your practice more into? Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> but do you get into dark stuff? Do I mean, you get? I do. Because um, you you mentioned playfulness, but that doesn't necessarily mean it can't. I mean, be aesthetically, like... I like both of the guitars. You know. Um, oh, I don't mean aesthetics. No, I mean, I, I mean, like yeah. in tone and. Yeah, and... yeah. Uh, I would say yes. My my work leans more to the side of playfulness. Um, you know, I uh, like a more of like a Calder as opposed to a Kiefer. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fun, exciting, inspiring, but not necessarily yeah. uh, depressing. I think. Uh, okay. So, if we're kind of setting up this kind of binary, I would say my work falls. I mean, um, I don't know. It, it would be more in the middle. What are the themes uh, other than playfulness? Sure. So, like, what do you play with? What themes do you play with? What what tropes? What do you play with tropes at all, or do you abandon tropes? I just found I just learned that painting nowadays is less tropey than it used to be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I I don't I'm not well versed in contemporary painting, and I had yeah. a painter, and I was like, you were gonna explain this shit to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um. You know, so with my art practice with uh, with photography, um, you know, I haven't uh, been able to have that conversation in my studio um, as much as I would have liked, you know, over the last few years. Um, I'm now working on a new body of work, mm. um, kind of picking up um, where I've left off. Uh, but I feel that there are a lot of things that I want to catch up on. Um, I do look at a lot of my peers' work, and I go mm. out and I see a lot of work, and so I know what I like. Mm. Um, and so I try to think about um, those tropes, those themes. Um, and and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think of myself as 
um, kind of a photo nerd. I, I love to look at how photography is being talked about in new ways, mm-hmm. uh, Photoshop and um, stock imagery. And Do you know Josh Shadel, who was my guest at OPAF? Uh, He's got I some interesting... Hey, both him and Nathan ha- have some interesting things to say about... Well, Nathan talks a little bit more about the conditions of the screens that we interact with. Uh-huh, yeah. But Josh talks straight up about how, like, it's just... Photography is nowadays has become very different than when I studied it mm-hmm. in, in college, where it's messy and all over the place. And so he plays a lot with that, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like... You know, he talks about how, like, it's not as precious an object as it used to be. Like, you walk on on, on prints that are laid out on the yeah. floor, like vinyl prints and right. things like that, which right. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like that. I, I do think that that's a very specifically fun thing because it's still evolving in our lifetime. Yeah, right. Whereas, like, um, it's, I mean, until I spoke to Micah on on the last recording... It was easy for me to be like, oh, painting's resolved mm-hmm. to some degree. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, that's not necessarily untrue. Uh, you know, like there's, uh, it's got a tradition, but the tradition of photography, it's almost like it's not relevant. Like the, you know, the, it's not that it's not relevant, but like the, um, the technology isn't changing as well. Much? Ro- no, the tr- technology is changing it. Whereas like uh, Robert Frank and the, the, the things that they were concerned with maybe are, a little dated. Oh, you're talking about photography. Yes. Yeah. yeah of course. Dated yeah. and antiquated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it's still strong work for right. the time that it was made, but if of you're, course, if yeah. you're doing documentary style photography, it can be a little tricky to just do it straight, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of us identify as photographers that use photography or artists that use photography yeah. instead of straight photographers. Exactly. Are you, are you a straight photographer? No, or, no? I'm not. No, I, yeah. I work with photography. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> what's uh, up, bro? <laughs> what's up, I see Sam? You. I see you. Um, yeah. It, it, so this new work I, I'm doing, um, is revisiting some photograms I did uh, about 10 years ago. And what's a photogram? A photogram, um, is a, a dark room process, black and white, um, uh, photo emulsion paper. Uh, you could place objects. Like a rayograph? I don't know what that. Man ray used to do something. Oh, rayograph? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so for these, I put my body on top of um, large mural size um, black and white photo paper. Mm-hmm. And then. In, expose it with light? Uh huh, exactly. And then process it in regular um, darkroom chemicals. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so the work that I did, you know. I don't know, it was maybe even 14 years ago, it was an undergrad, um, you know, it dealt with some dark themes, uh, you know. Uh, oh, my undergrad work was so heavy-handed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this, this was personal uh, stuff about um, my relationship to male aggression, sexual aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went back to look at that work uh, in light of a lot of Me Too conversations, mm-hmm. Um and thinking about how my narrative practice uh, can overlap with my own art practice. Uh, and so with those photograms, I photographed them again. So I put them up in my studio, photographed mm-hmm. them digitally, and now I'm making digital collages out of them. Okay. Uh, and so that's been kind of fun to, again, tie in conversations of things that I was thinking about before, how have they changed? And so I'm thinking about this dark, um, very personal, very, um, isolating, 
um, subject matter uh, and reworking it to be more playful, to be more fun, to be, to invite beauty. Uh, and maybe reflect more how you feel about it now as opposed to yes, how you felt about it then. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Recontextualizing something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and having fun in Photoshop and playing with colors and, and rainbows and gradients and things that I see that I'm attracted to. So throwing it all in there. Yeah. 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 Huh. Uh, and, and, one thing that in my narrative work that is so exciting to me right now, um, narrative work being your, your therapy uh, practice, practice, uh huh, yeah, uh, is this practice called insider witnessing practices. And I went to a workshop about a year ago, um, and it was put on by some colleagues, um, who are really developing these ideas. Uh, they come from Calgary and um, North Dakota. Um, <laughs> Fucking middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and like the, Calgary in Canada is like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to visit, you know, Never I'd love to visit, there. but yeah. I don't think it's a very populous place. No, no. Um, and so, so these two colleagues came over uh, and presented these ideas um, that stem back from, um, other narrative ideas, uh, outsider witnessing practices. Um, um, so insider witnessing practice, can you describe that and like explain it a little bit? I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> or else your license is, <laughs> is gone. <laughs> so, you know, I've been diving into it for, um, I've been, ex- you know, introduced to these ideas for a year, mm-hmm. but then last September, um, a colleague of mine, a mentor, uh, Larry Zucker, started a group uh, here in Los Angeles, uh, and we meet every other Monday to study these ideas together. Cool. And so you're not there today. I, or you no, were there yeah. earlier. Uh, I was there last Monday. You were there last yeah. Monday. Yeah. And then unfortunately, next Monday is a holiday, so we won't meet again. Oh no. And I, I really look forward to these <laughs> yeah. meetings. Yeah, they're they're they, I thrive off of them. Um, so. After this workshop um, last year, uh, a bunch of us were inspired by uh, these ideas, and they invite, again, playfulness, Mm -hmm. drama, performance uh, into um, this therapeutic model. And, uh, so there's like role play. Involved? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, okay. And I am not an expert in this at all. Uh, so yeah, well, you've already how, said you, you've only been <laughs> learning about it for a year, yeah. but that you can still talk about yeah. what's exciting about yeah. it. Um, so there's a series of acts and it starts out with this, a pre-act where Michelle as the therapist, uh, presents a client to, uh, her colleagues. So Mm -hmm. we are all participating in this IWP insider witnessing practice. Uh, So it's multiple therapists. Yeah, it can be. Um, can it be done just one, one on one with a therapist? Yeah. Or it's dependent on, yeah. So I think we need like at least two therapists at least. And one is the client of uh, one is the therapist of the client and the other one is new to the client. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, so as the therapist of the client, I'm talking to, uh, my colleague and sharing with them, um, 
about my client's story. In front of the client? No, not okay. right now. Yeah. So this is just the pre-act. So I, I fill them in and we, we discuss in length a lot about what the client has been up against in their life. Mm. Um, again, going back to these master narratives of what has been operating on them, what yeah. kinds of forces of oppression. What realities they've internalized. Sure. Yes. Uh-huh. And then what their responses to those things mm-hmm. and how they've kind of navigated or gotten through uh, these problems. And the way I understand it, it's my hope to, as the therapist, um, to think about what's called this counter story um, that the client has um, been living through that's in resistance to the problems. Okay. So what kinds of strengths, what kinds of um, characteristics, you know, have they called upon to help them um, get through this stuff? Do they have to be aware of them themselves or is the process no. to help them become aware of it? Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, so. Cause I definitely gotten that out of therapy where, yeah, like, yeah. where, where someone's like, you know what? You're actually really good at like dusting yourself off and moving forward. Uh-huh. And, and then when someone says that to you, you're like, you know what? I thought that was a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of flipping it, different yeah, perspective. Yeah, 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 it could be very helpful. Yeah. Yeah, and so, um, so, so I'll talk about my experience doing an IWP. Okay. And so I was working with um, these two brilliant uh, colleagues, Tom and Sonny. They're the mm-hmm. ones who came from Calgary and North Dakota. Um, they taught me this idea about the three fucks. And so the first one um, is, let's see, what the fuck has the client been up against in their life, you know, mm-hmm. and and really getting down to know details and language of how the problems are showing up. Mm-hmm. And again, specific language is very important because as you'll see, as we present these ideas to the client, it's very, um, you know, we, we try to get it as right as possible, you know? Uh, and in the end, the client has full authorship to say like, you guys totally missed the mark or yeah, yeah. okay. That resonates with me or, Oh, I hadn't thought about that in that, in a new way. Um, but, but really understanding how the problem, what, what they have been up against. Mm-hmm. Second fuck is how the fuck did they get through it? You know, um, would it be through, um, like some, some idea of fierceness, you know, or, um, desire, um, for connection, uh, protecting loved ones, different things that inform their actions and, ha- and choices that they've, they've made to get where they are today. Mm-hmm. And the third fuck is, um, why the fuck do I love them? And so how I have been moved as a therapist, witnessing their story, mm-hmm. um, being along for this journey. And so the first two are of their, from their perspective, and then the third one is from your perspective. Uh, yeah, I would argue, you know, they all kind of they all kind of are. Oh, hopefully doing justice for the client's story. Um, but they're all coming from a filter of my ears as a therapist, hearing the words from the client. So it's, it's all really all coming from the client, but yeah, uh, taking it through me, Mm -hmm. uh, and representing it back to the client. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, 
this the the act one so after we discuss all of these this information and this is all behind not not involving the behind the, the scenes behind yeah uh huh and so the act one um, I meet I met uh, with Tom and Sonny and I am now playing the role of Michelle's client and so I'm embodying my client and this is still without the client still without them okay. yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> because that could get yeah, weird yeah yeah and well it, it, it'll get weird um, so Tom and Sunny the therapists the interviewers um, ask me questions Michelle's uh, as Michelle's client mm-hmm. um, to kind of talk about um, the three fucks you know and and really um, present this way that we have all been moved by their story mm-hmm. um, and in and, and hopes to highlight things that perhaps they hadn't seen before. And so when I participated in this IWP, um, my Los Angeles colleagues, so like Larry and the rest of our group, were behind a two-way mirror. So mm-hmm. I was meeting with Tom and Sonny in one room, and then everyone else was observing and learning and, and witnessing uh, yeah. in the next room. And we videotaped Tom and Sonny interviewing me mm-hmm. as my client. Um, and uh, Do you do any like affectations, like... If they are British, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so those kinds of traditional ways of acting, you know, um, we're, we're not as concerned with. Um, I, I figured. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was it was such a crazy experience for me embodying my client because I have so much love for her and so much care about her story. Um, it really felt like a trance mm-hmm. when I was, when I was in it. I like right afterwards, I couldn't remember really anything that I had said. Yeah. Um, people were, you know, asking me questions like, oh, okay, how'd you feel about that? And I was like, I don't fuck. I, I, I don't think I did a good job. Like I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel that I, um, did enough, you know? And it took me a good week to kind of get out of the trance. Like it was really moving for me because I was so hyper present and so aware of every single word that I was hearing from Tom and Sonny. And then everything that I was trying to, again, embody, um, is it for the story? Does it end up feeling like you're advocating for that person and totally. their point of view? Yes. Okay. That's pretty sure. intense. Yeah. That's right. like, a, you, yeah. You, so you're not just embodied, you're embodying the person as yeah. you perceive them kind of. Right. And then that might, that probably leads to a, a level of empathy that you might not otherwise have. Exactly. Exactly. And so there's so much hope in myself and my colleagues to to give this and to do it right mm-hmm. by my client, right? Mm-hmm. And and so then the second act, uh, after we record this, it's like a typical hour-long session um, for act one. Uh, oh, so, by the way, I forgot to tell yeah. you, it's actually two 15-minute two fifteen-minute uh, sessions that we do right here oh, okay. instead of a full two hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, That's what no, I do, too. No, I'm fucking oh. with you. <laughs> My my session is fifteen minutes. Too, a yeah. terrible joke that just like you're like no that's how it works that that is an hour it's yeah. fifty minutes. <laughs> you need ten minutes to do your progress now after the session. No. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that that's what that was. That's what I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Other people, I don't know. You can just kick your feet up. Yeah. If you, <laughs> it's not a requirement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the act 
two then, we invite my client to come and... Watch you do it? Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Uh, so, so we're in the room again. It's me, my client, and Tom and Sonny. And we play the video for her. Okay, you don't re-perform No, we don't re-perform it. That would be it. too no. much. Oh, God. yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was enough with just the video camera on me. Uh, so we then show the client uh, the video. And, you know, before she comes to this act two... I give her a little uh, preface of, you know, what we're doing, and this is a new uh, new ideas, kind of an experiment, and, you know, you're collaborating with us. And again, it's so important that we're trying to get it right. Please, at any point, pause the video, raise your hand, yell at us, and object in any yeah. way, you know. Um, because, again, we will really uh, want to make sure that we're not prescribing anything or telling mm. no, yeah. Uh, or, or yeah um, that comes from a place of listening rather than uh, characterizing yeah 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 and so don't be so surprised <laughs> <laughs> it, well the way you know when I talk about these ideas there's very specific language and so when I when I'm talking with you and you describe it in different ways it's so exciting for me because I'm like okay it's expanding my vocabulary of how you know I, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about it articulating it. Uh, and so we watched the video then with the client. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did this, it's you, usually... You were nervous? <laughs> I was... I, you know, nervousness is usually something totally involved with me anytime it's <laughs> like the public is involved or, or an audience. But this time, not so much. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I think the experience I had embodying my client... And wanting to create kind of a, a nurturing environment for her, so she mm. was kind of being put first. And and when I when I have something to do, when I have a role to play, when I'm a host, mm-hmm. you know, that's my comfort zone, right? Yeah. So usually the second act would take about an hour, hour and a half. Ours, ours took about three hours because we were pausing the video so much and talking and. It was such a moving experience for my client because of watching me play her, but she knew the story so well, and so she was able to develop this outsider perspective on her own life. Oh, okay. And hear what she sounds like a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But then you know, to see me, who she you know has been working with for years you know, hold her in a way where it felt safe. She felt like she could trust me and then these two new people who she had never met before, you know. Um, And uh, and it was so very, very collaborative, and we learned so much from her. Um, And it's not a usual thing that you get to, as a client, you get to hear from your therapist, like how they're moved by you, how you personally touch their lives, you know? And it's pretty powerful when that happens because I've I've had a therapist like, you know, yeah, yeah. I I go to, um, I've always gone to like college programs for, Mm -hmm. for, uh, just because it's so much cheaper. Sure, yeah. They they charge on a sliding scale. Uh But that means that sometimes my therapists, I get new ones, right? I get assigned a new one. 
And the last one, like, was really hard because <laughs> he was crying <laughs> and i and i'm a little bit like more guarded about that kind of shit uh-huh. and so i felt bad about it like you know i was like like I you were making him cry no or... like i like like i was feeling it too but i wasn't able to access it uh-huh. you know and, okay. and and then seeing that you know he uh, actually there's uh there, he gave me a plant uh-huh. Uh, which died, <laughs> but also, <laughs> but yeah. he he thought ahead. Yeah. He also gave me a uh, um, a it was like a yin yang that uh-huh. that's in my kitchen. Okay, and I'll show it to you later. But it's also um, on it's it's like a printed design on a perforated LSD kind of setup. You know, like you know, you know how like the uh, sometimes people make art on paper that would that's perforated as if it would be lsd but it's not actually dipped in acid oh uh-huh okay you, you know like that sure. so it was that kind of an aesthetic uh hmm. which kind of made me feel like validated uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit because uh-huh. it was like oh you don't think i'm a degenerate yes yeah because <laughs> of my past experiences mm-hmm. i'm not like dropping crazy acid right now <laughs> <laughs> i thought about it before but yeah, i'll back off yeah <laughs> Cool. But yeah, it it is a pretty impactful thing to sort of feel like, uh, because it's it is a dynamic where the person that you're meeting with regularly you don't know very much about them, right? Uh, and in this case, it doesn't seem like you get too much privileged information about them, but you also but but you do get a sense of how they relate to you in a very specific way. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. right, and and with narrative ideas, um, that kind of relation. So thinking about, uh, power, uh, or even privilege, you know, and how that's showing up in the room, you know, between the two people or among, you know, the different therapists and the client, um, that's at the forefront as well. Like mm-hmm. thinking about that and acknowledging it brings the that. dynamic, uh, it makes you self-aware of the dynamic yes. kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And calling it out mm-hmm. and letting the clients know that we're aware of this, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very important. Um, I also had a therapist one time being like, we have a relationship mm-hmm. and, and, and just like that having, having that being a mind blowing thing is like, and, and having that acknowledged like, mm-hmm. cause, cause you do, but it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Just you're making me think about a lot of like good times that I've had in therapy. Yeah, I love it. Cool. I I'm uh, I'm a very much a person that goes in and talks that shit out. Cool. Yeah. 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 It, it's helpful for me too. Yeah. You know, and uh, I as a therapist have been playing mm-hmm. more with the idea of transparency, mm-hmm. and um, I do have clients that are curious about me and my ideas, and I'm kind of having conversations where uh is it helpful for me to talk about certain things um as a woman of color mm-hmm. you know um can i help speak to their experience that they're talking about um in validating ways or supporting ways you know and so yeah. in those um instances yeah I, I i give up more information about my beliefs or things that I value, mm. um, not necessarily at all to influence the conversation, but to offer support, yeah, yeah. you know, and, um, 
I'm going to put a plug in here really quick because we're talking about... Oh, aff- this is a, this, that's kind of the point of this. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to plug. Um, <laughs> you know, affordable mental health care is... is important. Is important. Well. And so I, so I, I have private practice, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and so that helps me make a living. And then I also work part-time um, at the Southern California Counseling Center. Mm-hmm. And we're located in Mid-City, and it's completely sliding scale. Yeah. Uh, I think our lowest... Um, Do it. Is $16, yeah. If you're listening to this shit, and you're just a little stressed out, like Mm -hmm. you don't even have to be like depressed. Mm -hmm. It's like I say, it's uh, like having a life coach that's less douchey (laughs) and not all over Instagram. Yeah, hopefully not douchey at all, yeah. But I I don't think people that go to therapy really are aware of what therapy is. Mm -hmm. You know, people that don't go, they think... Of it in this antiquated like uh, pop culture sort of uh, uh, way of thinking about it, where in reality it's like, where in life do you get to go and sit and talk about your shit for yeah, an hour, right. and that person's not going to say anything about their lives? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like you're just going to focus on yourself right. for an hour. Yeah, you know, and yeah. even even this, like this is a very just. Sitting down and talking to people for two hours, mm-hmm. you also don't do that very often. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like without any alcohol, <laughs> yeah. without, you know, yeah. without right. any like uh, other distractions. It's like, it's almost like we've made this commitment to sit and we don't know where it's going to go, uh-huh. but, but, um, but there's like an intimacy that happens there mm-hmm. that when it's in therapy, it's intimacy with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, being intimate with yourself, I mean, obviously we're not talking about masturbation, <laughs> <laughs> but like be, having that level of understanding of yourself and be, uh, and self-awareness is really strong. And, yeah. and, and, um, and I'll be straight up. I would not be able to talk for two hours if I hadn't been in therapy yeah. most of my life because yeah. now I know how to talk for yeah. two hours. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and this conversation with you in a sense is kind of, a certain kind of therapy for me because talking about it out loud is such a different way of thinking about things and it's such an opportunity to rethink about things. Well, just the idea of making your insecurities manifest by speaking them out loud. Now they're real. Now they don't just exist in Mm -hmm, your head mm -hmm. and you hear yourself saying things sometimes and you're just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and even before that, uh, the fear of actually verbalizing that, that stuff, you know, that's a big thing too. And it's a huge step to put it out there and name it. Yeah. What's my thesis is produced by Javier Proenza, who is talking in the third person. Reach out at whatsmythesis at gmail.com and follow us on all social media at whatsmythesis. Don't forget to review and subscribe. And if you donate to our Patreon, this is where I'll give you a shout out and make up what kind of art you make based entirely on your name and nothing else.